0: back to the newest edition of the iCoach podcast. This is your host, Marvin Nash. Uh, I just want to start today by uh, just saying how thankful I am for uh, the situation that I'm in right now. Uh, I coach at a great place, uh, but we welcomed students back into the classroom on uh, April 12th. And having a full class is something that's, that's kind of unbelievable for me, uh, especially after what we've been through this past year. Uh, the big takeaway that I got from everything is that kids need teachers, kids need coaches, but coaches and teachers need kids as well. Uh, it, the job is difficult in itself because there's so much at stake. We are taking uh, a parent's number one asset, their children, their number one prized possession, and, uh, and we're spending eight to 10 to 12 hours a day uh, with other people's children to try to help make them better people. And what I found is that it's very difficult to do that through a Zoom, do it virtually. We need interaction, uh, just socially, that's just how we are as people, but at the same time if your heart is in education and your soul is in, is uh, dedicated to helping other people, then you have to have that interaction and it makes this job so much better. Uh, So this is more of just a a thank you to uh, to our legislatures, our admin team, our people who have put together the uh, the ability for us to be able to continue doing this great profession. And I don't take it lightly. This last year made me really, really, really reflect on what we do and why we do it. And I'm just thankful for the opportunity to make a difference. This is the iCoach podcast. Have a great show set up for you today with uh, Marco Rigolato, good, good friend of mine. Uh, We bonded over the past year or so, and he's just uh, done some amazing things, going from a Texas high school football coach to a Power 5 recruiting assistant in a little less than 12 months. So it's a great listen. Uh, Thank you guys for everything you do, and remember why we do what we do. Welcome back. To I coach the podcast. This is your host, Marvin Nash. I'm joined with a great coach and a great friend, Marco Regalado. Marco, welcome.
1: Hey, glad to be back. How's it going?
0: <laughs> hey, not bad, man. Not bad. Uh, we're fresh off of me Uh Going through my my normal sports uh, browsing and seeing you at a press conference pl- playing the guitar and singing, man, just uh, showing the multi talents, uh, man. Just talk to us a little bit about how the uh, how the change has been since you've made the move to Washington State. You
1: no, know, it's been you know quite a change, kind of being on the other side of the spectrum. You know, you go you go from trying to push your athletes out, you know, trying to get them recruited, to now you're trying to bring athletes in. So, I mean in a lot of ways it's pretty similar. Um, the most difficult part has been kind of just kind of training your eye to one, find prospects that fit exactly what we do offensive and defensively, as well as trying to find the right talent that fits, you know, in the power five conferences and the PAC 12 and try to be competitive, you know, with other uh, teams in our conference.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know a big question, you know, I'm down here in Texas, uh, how often do uh, like our, our, our uh, I want to say coastal states reach out to the, to the, the schools in the middle like the, like the Texases, the Oklahomas, the Arkansas. Is that a big recruiting area for you guys?
1: I mean, we get recruits from all over. We get emails, we get calls from you know, all over the nation. Um, you know Texas, just like it is for every other power five conference and most group of five conferences, Texas is a hotbed you know, as is California, as is Georgia and Florida, you know, those are some states that produce a a lot of talent, Um, but you do, you know, have to scour the entire United States and look at every state and find some diamonds in the rough, you know, find some people that may be under recruited or, you know, find some people that are just really a good fit for us here, you know, at our university. So it's, you'd think it's pretty regional, but it's, it's pretty widespread from coast to coast, you know, the amount of athletes you get to look at and evaluate and stuff. That's awesome, that's awesome.
0: Now, uh, this question might be a little more difficult for you. Uh, Coming from recruiting uh, coordinator for a high school to a recruiting assistant at the college level, what was the biggest eye-opening thing that uh, you wish you would have known as a high school recruiting coordinator?
1: Yeah, that is a tough one. Um, I guess the one thing you, you, you do see um and now like i said just being on the other side of it you you, you kind of get upset when you don't get responses right away um and you kind of get turned off on certain things the one thing that i see from this side of things and now the best advice i can give for a high school recruiting coordinator is just to be persistent um the amount of people you get you know reaching out through email to direct messages and stuff like that it's really easy for you know you send a message here at nine but then you know, other people are sending that message at the same time. Your message kind of goes towards the bottom. You know, if, you, if you're persistent, you know, I'm not saying like every five minutes, but, you know, every couple of days, it kind of refreshes. You send a new message, you get back up to the top. And uh, it's kind of a little bit easier to keep track of that or, you know, uh, be seen and stuff. Um, I can tell you now from this perspective, I don't think it's done maliciously.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I guess another thing I wondered about is uh is the prospect sheet? I know a lot of us recruiting coordinators we put together these elaborate prospect sheets and we send them out. Uh, how often do those emails just get ignored, or is that something that you look at every single sheet that you get?
1: We look at them. Um, mm-hmm. you know as a recruiting staff, uh, when our you know assistant coaches get them, they forward them to us and we sift through them. And for the most part, they're all getting looked at. Um, especially you know we get a prospect sheet. Um, You know, we might try to make contact with the high school coach just to get, you know, certain verified measurables or transcripts or anything like that. Um, But for the most part, prospect sheets are big time because they have all the information that's really important, especially when you're inputting them into the database. It's got addresses, it's got GPAs, it's got height, weight, test scores and stuff like that. So to me, prospect sheets make my life a lot easier.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now, I just saw recently that a a new rules passed that there is no requirements for the SAT or ACT, any test scores to go out uh, for for players. You know, the GPA requirements still remain the same. Uh, How does that, does that differentiate anything for you guys as a a recruiting staff?
1: Well, actually, I think it just got um, approved that Washington State, um, we don't require SAT or ACT. So for us, it's just, getting used to the way things are going to be now. Mm -hmm. Um, I know with COVID that's kind of changed at certain schools and stuff like that, but that seems to be like what it's going to be like the norm here. Um, Just making sure that your GPA meets the requirements, you know, obviously for the university, but also for the NCAA. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. So it gives a a lot more opportunity for kids who might not be great test takers, but are still very bright and can offer a lot of, a, a lot of things on the field as well. That's great. Now, I've uh, I followed your head coach for a while on Twitter uh, and he's a funny guy. He really is. Uh, he seems to be uh, like an interesting guy to work for. What's it like working for Coach Arlo?
1: That's great. You know, he's just, um, he's just genuine. Uh, a good person who cares about people, cares about his players, um, knows all his players by name, knows all, knows all his coaches, and makes it a point to know who his coaches' spouses are, and the names of their kids, when are their birthdays, um, like I said, it's just really rare to see somebody who cares that much, um, who already has a lot of burdens being a head coach, um, but he, he makes things fun, you know? Um, and that's the one thing we try to tell recruits and stuff is just the environment that's being built here at uh, Washington State under, you know, Coach Rolovich is, it's pretty unique. It's pretty amazing. And it, it's definitely a lot of fun. You know, we get work done, we play hard, but we also play hard, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, Coach Regalado, another question I have for you. Uh, I know uh, we talk about how your fame took off with TikTok and that was uh, how some people were introduced to you. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about the coach side of Coach Regalado, uh, where you started and how you ended up where you are now.
1: So, um, you know, coaching wasn't something that was, that I set out to do straight out of high school. You know, I'd always had an interest in it. and that's conversations I had with my high school coach, um, but you know, it's something that my parents kind of pushed me to do. And nothing like like I'm not mad at my parents about that or anything like that. But I graduated valedictorian in my class, so they wanted me to pursue something, you know, get a, have a doctor next to my name of some sort. So I went to Texas State and studied physical therapy. Um, no, the pre classes were exercise science and stuff like that. I enjoyed them. But when it started getting into the core classes. Um, and when I started getting into my senior year, I did a 300 hour internship. I just came home one day and said, Mom, I don't want to do this. It's not fun for me. Um, it's not really what I want to do. So I thought, what's the next best thing really wanted to be involved with athletics. Um, so I thought, let's try athletic training. So um, I got into the grad school at Texas A&M Kingsville, got into the athletic training program, I was a graduate assistant through the athletic training program. And I did that also for about a year. Um, and still like, I have a huge respect for athletic trainers. They work their tails off and it's a very respectable profession. It just again, it wasn't for me um, and it just so happened. I was lucky at the time where there was some movement on the coaching staff. And even though I was an athletic trainer, I'd still find ways to get into the meeting rooms and made, you know, great relationships with the defensive coordinator, who's Dave Brown, who happens to be a mentor of mine. Um, also would spend time with the linebackers coach, coach may. And, uh, when there was an opening for GA, um, they asked if I wanted to slide over the football side. I, I didn't even have to think twice about that. That's, I knew kind of at that point, I was like, this is what I want to do. So did that for a year. Um, graduated and kind of had the choice to stick around in college for a bit or take a high school job, you know, a local high school. And at the time, um, I thought about it a lot and the, my heart was telling me to go coach high school. And I think that was a great choice of mine. You know, you learn to build relationships with kids. You learn a lot of organization and management when you run a classroom. Um, so I coached high school for five years. Um, three or four of those in the Coastal band. I spent one in the Rio Grande Valley and then um, ended up at Eaton High School there in Fort Worth and, um, you know, which was a great experience. I'd never been a part of anything like that. You know, um, the success we kind of had winning us uh, the record in school history going we through rounds in the playoffs um, was definitely something that I'm, I'm going to remember for the rest of my life and, you know, that kind of springboarded into, you know, me finding this job and applying and um, building relationships through being a high school recruiting coordinator that definitely benefited me. Um, got an interview. Um, I felt I did well. And that's when it was maybe a week after the interview, I got a DM from Rolo on Twitter like at 10 o'clock at night that said, see you in a week. So that's, that's how all that went down.
0: That's, uh, that is a whirlwind of a story there. Uh, I wasn't expecting <laughs> the last part, the, uh, the see you in the week, uh, time to move halfway across the country. That's, a, that's fantastic. Uh, wh- another thing I didn't know, I didn't know you were the valedictorian of your class. So not only are you super talented, you're, you're, you're pretty brilliant, too. So people need to know that. So tell me this, uh, tell me this, coach. How did you how did you balance all of these different talents? Because I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to lean to one way or the other. And a lot of kids these days think they have to specialize in what they're doing, that they can't play football and be involved in choir, or they can't play basketball and be involved in theater. How did you balance all of the talents that you had?
1: I, cr- I credit that to my parents, kind of uh, allowing me to do a lot of those things. And, you know, growing up in a small town where, you kind of have to be able to do everything that's just kind of how it is when you, you know you have to be able to play a lot of sports and be involved in a lot of activities um but it's just the kind of thing i've coined myself with is you know being a renaissance man and uh that's something i encourage a lot of others to do is just kind of broaden yourself um make yourself you know get involved in different things learn different talents learn different skills um, don't feel like you have to follow this cookie cutter of what a, what a coach should be. Um, feel free to be yourself and explore things. Um, that's kind of my approach. And you know, like you're talking about balancing, it's just that's kind of where you get you learn organization. Um, you you set time for certain things. Um, I don't play guitar every day. Um, and to me, it's I don't know if I want to. To me, guitar is almost like uh, my my stress reliever, my getaway, um, the thing I use to clear my mind, would I ever want to pursue a career in music? Not really. You know, it is one of my passions. It is a really good hobby of mine, but that's not what that is. I think I'd get sick and tired of music if I did it every day. Um, sports and athletics is something I feel like could be around every day. And even then, um, you know, even when I was coaching like high school football, you know, I do football all, all day, Monday through Saturday you know and then I'd get to hang out with my dad and he'd want to watch you know Dallas Cowboys on Sunday and I'd make it through the second quarter and fall asleep and he'd be like what are, you, what are you doing this is what you love it's football I said I know but you know Sunday's almost my day to just really just not think about football and just relax and then you know towards the end of the day get everything ready to go and get started again on Monday um, but you got to find time for things, and you got to find time also for yourself. Uh, I think is the the main important thing when it comes to that.
0: Absolutely, that's great advice. Uh, understanding what you love, but finding time uh, to decompress and 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 reconnect with yourself. Uh, what is uh, what's a bit of advice? You know, again, we talked about this whirlwind that you've been through. What's a, what's a bit of a advice you give to a high school coach that aspires to to make it to the college level one day?
1: Just build relationships is the main one. That's the biggest thing that's kind of got me to where I am today is, um, you know, even when doing the high school recruiting, it wasn't always just, you know, spitting out like, here, check this recruit out, check this recruit out. Some days I wouldn't even talk to a college coach about recruiting. I just ask how their day's going, how's everything going, how's their family, um, and build those relationships because that's kind of what's going to make a coach remember you when things open up, when jobs open up. And the second thing of advice is you just got to be ready for that leap of faith. It may not be the salary you want. It may not be the position you want. It may not be in the general region where you want to be. But if college football is where you want to be, it's going to take some sacrifices, Um, especially in the beginning. You know, you're going to have to put in work and work your way up. Um, It's almost like, you know, you go from being at a certain level, doing so much at the high school level, and you get into college and it's almost like you hit the reset button and now you're starting off from scratch again. Um, but you see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, you see the progress and it's almost like, to me, it's refreshing. Like, I, I feel like I learned something new every day, so it's worth it to me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think re, one of the resounding themes of this whole podcast is just the idea that relationships matter and, uh, and you've proven that you build great relationships on any level, wherever you are. Uh, what would you attribute that that talent to? How are you able to connect with so many people on such an authentic level?
1: Yeah, I credit that a lot to my dad. Um, my dad is a great people person. He's always, he's always been the one to encourage me growing up. When you walk into a room, you go and you shake everybody's hands, you make eye contact, and you introduce yourself. That's just good etiquette. And, um, you know, also credit to my mom making me do theater because I don't get nervous. I don't get nervous in certain situations where normal people would get nervous because I've had, you know, stage experience, uh, public speaking experience and stuff like that. So me introducing myself to somebody new isn't something that um, really is nerve wracking. So I think my parents, the way they brought me up is just uh, kind of, you know, be a people person, you know, and definitely, um, you know, my choice of instead of staying home or close for college going to Texas state on my own where I did not really have anybody, um, getting in the dorm, you know, if you ever have a chance, I'm just kind of speaking to younger guys, live in the dorm. You're going to meet some of your life friends in the dorm, met my friends in the dorm. I lived with them for the next four years in apartments. And, um, like I said, those are just some of the things I've attributed to kind of building relationships. And, um, it's just also genuinely caring. Um, I think people, kids, everybody can kind of see through it when you're just trying to get something out of them. Um, when you show that you genuinely care and genuinely want to learn about somebody or get to know them, I think that goes a long way too. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Coach Regalado, this is uh, the last question I'm going to ask, but this is it might be the most important one. Uh, when building those relationships, when you're when you're putting yourself out there, uh, and you've already shown you don't get nervous. You know, you're already one of the most intelligent people uh, walking the face of the earth. With the, <laughs> being the valedictorian, uh, how do you separate yourself from every other person that's that's vying for that one job?
1: You gotta make yourself stand out somehow. And I guess, uh, you know, it could either be experience, um, it could be the way you interview, um, it could be marketing yourself somehow on social media, in my case, you know, making my parody videos, you making this podcast, you know, there has to be something about you that sticks out from everybody else, because everybody else is trying to be a coach. Everybody else is um, learning the same X's and O's that you are. Um, You know, In high school, everybody's teaching courses and stuff like that. You, you, You have to find your niche or something that can kind of separate you. And like I said, in some cases, it could be you know, being a big name or being related to a big name coach. It could be your experiences that you've had. It could be attaching yourself to a successful program, um, or it could just be building a relationship. And I think that's honestly out of everything, you move everything, you scratch everything. I think if you just build relationships, that's the easiest way to set yourself apart from the rest of the pack. Awesome, awesome.
0: Well, Coach Regalado, I thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know the uh, schedule is quite different than it it was being a high school (laughs) coach. And uh, just you taking this moment is huge for me because I've enjoyed watching your growth, man. I know we met uh, about a year ago uh, and it's, uh, I mean, it's just kind of taking off from there. The friendships there, the, uh, you know, you're somebody I can bounce ideas off of. And I, I just, I respect you so much, man. So thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you man. I really appreciate it and I'm always enjoyed being here. Thank you. Thank you.